Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agent's Take. Uh, this week, we're going to look at Ryan Ramsick, Saints uh, right tackle, resetting that market, and also briefly touch on a couple of guys who could reset their respective positional markets. Um, Ryan Ramsick blew away uh, the right tackle market with the five-year extension he signed with the Saints. Um, depending upon you look at it, the deal either is a five-year extension averaging $19.2 million per year or $19,330,165 per year. The reason I say, depending upon how you look at it, is if you don't factor in that they are accounting for him receiving $650,824 for the additional 17th game into the deal. That's what his fifth-year option salary is. That's based off of the fifth-year option salary of $11.064 million. That's how you get the higher amount. If you factor that in and you calculate the new money at $96 million instead of $96,650,824, that's where the discrepancy of uh, hundred and I guess that's what, uh, $10,165 dollars per year comes from. But either way, blows away what the market had been. Um, previous standard had been Lane Johnson's deal a couple of years ago with the Eagles. There was an outlier at 18 million per year. Um, with Trent Brown, um, reworking his deal with the uh, to get traded from the Raiders to the Patriots. That kind of dropped out. That had been at $16.5 million per year, the deal he signed in free agency a couple years ago. Then it dropped down to Jack Conklin, going to $14 million per year on a three-year deal he signed last year in free agency to go from the Titans to the um, um, Cleveland Browns. Now, there's $60,214,824 of guarantees in this contract. That is number two in terms of offensive lineman contracts. Um, the amount fully guaranteed, $43,014,824. That is number two in terms of the amount fully guaranteed in an offensive lineman contract. The standards for offensive lineman contracts are both held by Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley's extension that he signed middle of last season before the ankle injury had $65 million uh, six hundred fifty-eight thousand two hundred thirty-five dollars in overall guarantees, with fifty-eight million eight hundred eighteen thousand two hundred thirty-five million fully guaranteed signing. It's signing. Nonetheless, Ramsey dramatically changes the market in every aspect. Now, there's a little bit of misinformation out there. 
Uh, Ram 6 2021 cap number did not remain at its fifth-year option amount of 11.064 million. Saints weren't going to layer a signing bonus of 19 million on top of that and increases cap number by 3.8 million. That didn't make any sense for a team, which is strapped for cap room. Actually, what happened was his base salary dropped to $1,714,824, meaning that his cap number is now five million five hundred fourteen thousand eight hundred twenty four dollars in 2021 so the cap space the immediate cap space that is picked up by the saints is five million five hundred forty nine thousand one hundred seventy six dollars so gives the saints a little bit more breathing room there are probably two teams that weren't particularly happy about this deal one carolina panthers they stuck a franchise tag on right tackle taylor moton for $13.754 million. The deadline for franchise players to sign long-term deals is July 15th. That's approaching. Basically, 12 days. Deadline's 4 p.m. Eastern time. And the Saints have been earmarking in extension, budgeting for it for two guys who are in contract years. Linebacker uh, Darius Leonard and also right tackle Braden Smith. Colts can't be too happy about this deal. <laughs> Either now, anything that was now, now neither team can say that that Lane Johnson deal is an outlier because now you got two deals in the upper stratosphere for offensive tackle compensation. Granted, these are two highest-paid right tackles, and Ramsey's deal makes him the fifth highest-paid um, offensive lineman. The other guys who are ahead of him are all uh, left tackles. So when I was an agent. And there was an intervening event that was favorable where a deal came in the marketplace and probably came in higher than I was anticipating. I'm not sure I would have anticipated the deal coming in averaging $19.2 million per year <laughs> um, for Ramsick. But, yeah, that's got to be factored in the equation. So, <laughs> if, I don't, if I'm the agents for these two guys, I don't want to hear anything about Jack Conklin ever again in negotiation. We're not getting any deals done in the Jack Conklin range. And and it, it Moten, I'm looking at it from the standpoint, if I do nothing, I'm playing for $13.745 million. And my worst-case scenario is they franchise me next year when presumably the cap will be much higher. And I'm going to say that it's going to be at the $282.2 million uh, ceiling. I have no... Inside knowledge that it will be there. I'm just saying they set the ceiling for a reason. So until I hear something to the contrary, I'm operating on the assumption the cap is going to be at the ceiling. So worst case scenario for a franchise tag is $16,504,800. That's 120% of the current franchise tag. So you've got to do something to make it worth my while. For that to forego that possibility, particularly with Ramsick's deal coming in where it did. Now, if I'm Braden Smith, same thing. I don't want to hear about Jack Conklin, <laughs> but my calculus is going to be a little bit different. I'm a franchise tag. If I play it out, then the Saints are going to have to franchise somebody. You have to get either me, um, Brandon Smith, um, Braden Smith, I should say, Braden Smith done. Uh, excuse me, Braden Smith or Darius Leonard done. You only franchise one. So let's say that um, Darius Leonard's done and Braden Smith 
plays out his rookie contract. Well, assuming that the um, cap is $208.2 million, I've projected from looking at the numbers, the offensive lineman franchise tag, and there's no distinction between left tackle, left tackle, right tackle, center, guard, with the offensive lineman number. It's just one size fits all, no matter what position you pay for, play for the franchise tag. So left tackles, right tackles, guards, centers, get the same franchise tag. It'll be 7.988% of the cap. If the cap's $208.2 million, we're talking... 16.631 million for a franchise tag. Let's say you tag me again in 2023. We're talking a 20% raise, $19,957,200. What agents will do when it suits them, makes sense, you start playing the two franchise tag game, you got to franchise me twice. We're talking an average, assuming the cap's 208. $2.2 million, and my projections are fairly accurate, if they are, then two-year average is going to be $18,294,100. So, as far as I'm concerned, there's really nothing to talk about <laughs> unless we're uh, in that Lane Johnson neighborhood, the $18 million per year. And I'm also going to bring up the fact that you paid an aging uh, left tackle, $17 million for one year, Anthony Costanzo. Not aging, but he's in his early 30s and retired. I'm, left tackle, right tackle uh, salaries have the gaps been closed. So if you're going to pay him $17 million for one year, you want me for a long-term deal, I think the Lane Johnson neighborhood wouldn't be outlandish. Now, getting back to Taylor Moten for a second, he may be the rare case where a second franchise tag isn't the 120% of the prior year's tag, and it's going to be the cap percentage average number. That rarely happens. But if the cap's going to go up 14.1% because of precipitous drop this year, 15.7 million, then he'd be looking at the same $16.361 million tag next year um, that um, Braden Smith would get. But either way, I don't see any of these two guys getting done. Um... And there's a time pressure for um, Moten because of the franchise tag deadline. Anything remotely close to Jack Conklin neighborhood, just not going to happen. I'd be, I'd be surprised at that. And to me, given that Trent Brown at one time became the highest paid tackle um, in football at $16.5 million per year to play right tackle, that's a deal that's two years old that's now out of the marketplace <laughs> over two years old it was two years old before it was redone um then that's got to be if we're not there there's nothing for me to seriously consider the uh interesting thing is the saints have multiple guys of expiring contracts um so i had to get somebody a core player done they picked Ramsick. I understand why maybe not marshawn Lattimore with the with the uh gun charge uh in Ohio, then maybe put him on a back burner. He's also on a fifth-year option. But Taron Armstead, the left tackle, also in a contract year. Um, he turns 30 in about three weeks. If I'm him, <laughs> I kind of hope that Lattimore, Lattimore doesn't get a deal done. And I play on my contract. <laughs> I hit the open market. I'm hoping that Lattimore doesn't get a deal done. And they franchise him. 
Um, if I can hit the open market as a Pro Bowl 30-year-old left tackle, I'm going to break the bank with the cap going up. We saw this year Trent Williams, 33 years old, um, later this month in about a little over two weeks. Highest paid left tackle by average yearly salary, $23.01 million. And I'm segueing into guys who could um, end up uh, resetting positional markets um, right now, um, a little prematurely. But if I can get to the open market and I'm three years younger than Trent Williams, I'm thinking I could be the first $25 million per year offensive lineman if I'm out in the open market and I'm 30, which an offensive lineman can play forever. We see Dwayne Brown, uh, mid-30s, probably has a couple, another contract in him. Andrew Whitworth, pushing 40 years old. <laughs> he's probably going to retire after this year, but he still plays at a high level at left tackle. I'm looking my chops to get to free agency. So <laughs> there's no deal to be made with the Saints unless I'm the highest paid tackle in the NFL. And there's an interesting clause in um, Ramsick's contract, which I'm not sure what to make of it. Does that mean that they've decided that Armstead is gone? They're just going to let him walk and get the compensatory third-round pick um, in 2023 form? But there's a incentive escalators clause in Ramsick's contract. It reads, if during the 21 through 26 league years, players selected first or second team all NFL, specifically at the position of left tackle by the Associated Press, then player will earn $1 million for such league year. In each remaining contract year, years, paragraph 5 salary shall increase by $1 million each. So, Hypothetically, let's say Armstead is traded or he's injured and Ramsey moves to left tackle and he's first or second team all pro um, at left tackle. Then he gets a million dollar incentive and then his base salaries for 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26 all go up a million. So he maxes out at six million. Let's say Armstead's gone in free agency and in 2022 they move Ramsey to left tackle. Um, and he's first or second team all pro. In that case, 22, he earns the incentive. Then his 23 through 25, 26 base salaries go up a million. So the max you can earn there is five million. So each year, successive year, it takes him to earn this incentive. He uh, to hit this escalator incentive, it's going to cost him a million dollars. So, but the fact that they put that in here contemplates that he could be a left tackle at some point in time, which I don't want to read too much into it, but does that mean that Armstead's on the way out the door? But either way, smart move for the agent to have a contingency for him to get additional compensation should he hit play left tackle. Maxing out the deal, if you hit the escalator incentive, then the new five-year new money average is $20.4 million as opposed to 19.2. But anyway, uh, with this Ryan Ramsick deal, uh, Colts can't be happy. Uh, Panthers can't be happy uh, with him just dramatically resetting the market now that Lane Johnson's not an outlier. And 
We'll see if um, Moten gets something done before the July 15th franchise tag deadline. And this could make the Braden-Smith talks a little more pro protracted. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with Inside the Cap, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL, high-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. The salary cap dropping roughly 8% hasn't stopped players from resetting positional markets. We've seen the top of the market at left tackle grow um, barely. Trent Williams, 23.01 million. Um, it was David Bakhtiari at 23 million. Uh, Ramzik that we just discussed reset the right tackle market. That was a 6.67% increase. Joe Tooney drove up the guard market. A little over 13% for $16 million per year year deal in free agency with the Chiefs. Um, we saw uh, center first go up with Ryan Lindsay getting $12.5 million per year in free agency. Um, slight increase over uh, Ryan Kelly. And then Frank Ragno um, to $13.5 million per year. And also we've seen safety go up a little over... Uh, it's almost 3.4% from um, Buda Baker to uh, Justin Simmons at 15.25 million per year. Um, those aren't the only positional market changes we should expect to see or could see this year. One thing I don't think we're going to see is anyone top Patrick Mahomes' $45 million per year on the $450 million 10-year um, extension he signed last year. I think there's a better shot of someone topping, presumably Josh Allen, Dak Prescott's $95 million fully guaranteed at signing for quarterback deals. I expect Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to be in the $40 million per neighborhood. Um, Dak Prescott signed for $40 million per year. Both those guys should top that. But it also would not be a surprise to me if Josh Allen became the first quarterback for $100 million fully guaranteed at signing. It's not a running back. Who's going to top Chris McCaffrey's deal, which averages just over $16 million per year? Now, wide receiver is interesting. DeAndre Hopkins is the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL currently at $27.25 million per year. Uh, Devontae Adams is in a contract year. Um, he said that Aaron Rodgers' futures could affect what happens with him, and he was singing the praises of his former Fresno State quarterback, Derek Carr, um, earlier in the week. To me, if you're going to get Adams done and miss the uncertainty, you're probably going to have to, if not top Hopkins, uh, come in at maybe $27.5 million per year on an extension. If you don't top, you got to come close, um, I would think. One thing I think we will see is um, Hopkins has the biggest signing bonus for a wide receiver at $27.5 million per year. That's gonna fall. That should fall by the wayside for one reason. Uh, the Packers, Bengals, Steelers, three teams which don't do conventional deals in terms of guarantees. The only Green Bay Packer with conventional guarantees, guaranteed base salary, is Aaron Rodgers. Bengals don't do it for anybody. Steelers have made an exception. have had injury guarantees and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's contracts. Nobody else has 
any type of guarantees. Their substitute is early March roster bonuses, which are completely unsecured in years two, three, and maybe sometimes four. So you're probably going to have to, I need Hopkins deal, blow away the signing bonus of Hopkins because you're not going to have true guaranteed money after the first year. You have to stick the bulk of the money, I would think, in these big March roster bonuses to even make it attractive to him. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get the Kittles, $15 million per year. Um, it tied in Mark Andrews is in a contract year and also Dallas Goddard. I think that's safe. As I was saying earlier, uh, for left tackle, you're going to sign Taron Armstead to an extension. Saints are going to have to make the highest paid guy. That'd be $23.01 million, which is currently 49ers gave to Trent Williams. But if, as I said, if I'm him, I want to hit the open market. Um, hope they franchise Marshawn Lattimore. Can't get a deal done of him. He plays out the option year. Because if I'm a th- then if I'm 30, uh, I'm 30 in July, and if I'm a free agent, at 30 is an offensive tackle, left tackle. I'm going to break the bank with the cap going up next year. Uh, guard market's going to fall if Brandon Scherf gets a new deal um, before the July 15th deadline for franchise players to sign long-term. The Washington football team franchised him for a second straight year at $18.036 million. There's no way you're going to get him for anything remotely close to Joe Tooney for a long-term deal. Um, center market's already moved. I don't think that moves again. Edge rusher, Joey Bosa, and I'm going to break, I'm going to call three, four outside linebackers, and I'm going to call four, three defensive ends. The same position because they do the same thing. If, one, if you're three, four, Outside linebacker, they switched to a 4-3 defense. You're now a defensive end and most likely vice versa. Joey Bosa, $27 million per year, highest paid defensive player in NFL history. Most guarantees for a non-quarterback, $102 million. Most money fully guaranteed at signing for a non-quarterback, $78 million. Those last two marks are safe. T.J. Watt, who had a compelling case to be defensive player of the year in 2020. He's in his fifth-year option with the Steelers. He's going to be highest-paid non-quarterback, I would imagine. Um, if him, I'm pushing to be the first $30 million per year non-quarterback just because the structure is going to suck. Um, unless they establish new precedent and go conventional guarantees. You're going to have to do one of two things. One, the Bosa mark goes out the window. So does the Hopkins mark. And my guarantees aren't going to be anything remotely close to Bosa's. If I signed a five-year extension like he did... My guarantees won't approach his because that's not what the Steelers do. So you're going to have to give me accelerated cash flow if I'm him, or you're going to have to pump up my average or both. And you're probably going to have to set a record for um, a signing bonus for a non-quarterback. Right now, that's $40 million for Aaron Donald. Um, for edge rushers, it's 34 Khalil Mack. So we're talking. <laughs> um, because I'm not going to have the type of guarantees everybody else has, that's going to be, I would think that's going to be a trade-off uh, for T.J. Watt if there's an extension done. Um, that you're going to have to give him the signing bonus. And I would imagine worst case, to me, worst case scenario is he's at 20, $28.5 million per year uh, for the extension average. You're not going to be paying a quarterback on a go-forward basis. Ben Roethlisberger took a pay cut. Um, he retired. He's retiring most likely after this season. <laughs> So you're not going to have a high-priced quarterback. So you could afford to uh, 
go the extra mile to placate T.J. Watt. Off-ball linebacker, um, two guys should surpass Bobby Wagner's $18 million per year. Darius Leonard, who I suspect wants a two is the first digit in his uh, average, wants to get to 20. He won't get to be the highest-paid defense player on the Colts. That's the force. Buckner at $21 million per year. We'll see if he can get to $20 million per year. And Fred Warner. Uh, for the 49ers. The guy who goes last probably has the highest average. Now, the interesting thing is going to be, can they get to C.J. Mosley's guarantees? That's a lot less likely than the Wagner average of $18 million per year. Uh, Mosley signed a contract in free agency a couple of years ago, averaging $17 million per year, $51 million. In overall guarantees, 43 fully guaranteed at signing. Um, I suspect Jalen Ramsey's safe at safety at $20 million per year. Um, I think to get a Latimer deal done, you got to be in that neighborhood. Um, he's probably He probably wants to be the highest paid guy, so that may be why you don't get one done. And the Browns have been proactive with cornerbacks. and I'm mean, not cornerbacks, I mean first-round picks. They did uh, Miles Garrett last year uh, when he just played three seasons, Denzel Ward. I think was a fourth pick the same year Baker Mayfield was picked in 2018, uh, Pro Bowl first year in the first year. And um, if you're going to get him done, he's probably going to want to be the highest paid guy. Um, Ramsey's deal maxes out at $21 million per year with the uh, uh, upside as escalators incentives. So that's where I'd set my sights if I represented uh Denzel Ward, so I think he's safe. Safety's going to fall. Justin Simmons, um, highest paid safety just for now. Uh, Tyron Matthew, contract year. Um, He's played great for Kansas City since they signed him. They made him the highest paid guy along with Landon Collins at $14 million per year. Um, He says he's optimistic about an extension. So if that gets done, he's probably going to supplant Justin Simmons at least for the time being. And then Jamal Adams is the harder deal to do because he doesn't view himself as a safety. He's characterized himself as a playmaker, defensive weapon. But if if, uh, Matthew gets done, he's going above it. The question is how high can um, Adams get? He's got leverage because they gave the sun, moon, and the stars to get him. Gave two first-round picks for a guy. Another pick. A day three pick, I believe it was, and a player. <laughs> you don't, you don't have, you don't give up all that for him to be a uh, short-term player, one or two years. So, if they're going to sign him long-term, he's probably going to reset the safety market in a significant way. The question is, can he surpass Bobby, Bobby Wagner's eighteen million dollars per year in Seattle? I think that is a mark where. Management is going to be very sensitive to someone replacing Wagner, at least who's not an edge rusher as the highest paid defensive player. Um, well, anyway, that's going to be it. We've looked at Ryan Ramsick and what he's done for the right tackle market and the ramifications for other deals. And also touched on briefly um, some other guys who could set new standards at their respective positional markets. Hey, what's up? It's your man Ray from the Urban Sports Scene. Check us out each and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. where we cover the hottest topics from the world of hoops, 
football, baseball, boxing, and all things DC sports. For our unique take on sports plus exclusive interviews, subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and check out all the great shows on Empire Media. So that's it for this week uh, on Inside the Cap. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also uh, have my CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, um, on Salary Cap and Contract Matters. And we'll see you back here next time.